I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Help Desk for Friday, the 5th of February. My name is Peter Wells. And I am Tess Bennett. And let's start with some random kvetching on the media code uh, that's been popping up in all of our main newspapers this week. Yeah, so yesterday, um, ScoMo had a call with Sundar Pichai, the CEO of Google, to discuss the media code. And that comes just after his earlier phone call with Satya Nadella of Microsoft. No details of what they discussed have been released. But I'm sure that there was probably a slightly different tone between those two mm. store between those two calls. Yeah, I would imagine so. I, I think such a might have been a little bit more a happier call, shall we say? Yeah, a little easier. Uh, but mm. as long as I guess they got Sundar Pichai's name correct, uh, then they're doing a lot better than a few U.S. senators that really struggled with that pronunciation uh, during one of those recent Senate or congressional hearings. That is true. In related news, the uh, the Guardian reports that Bing returns more trusted news results than Google uh, in some research it did. According to a study from Monash University, on Australia Day, Grace Tame was the most popular search term on Google, reflecting the fact that she had just been made the Australian of the Year. The top 50 results delivered by Google include only 70% of professional news websites compared to 94% of the same search term on Bing and 82% on Ecosia. That's the tree planting uh, search engine. Anyway, um, so I guess you could argue that uh, Google has a, a, a wider, um, more diverse set of media that it looks at, or you could say that Bing's getting better results because it is linking to people who are real journalists. What do you reckon? Yeah, uh, it's interesting that that's the methodology of what makes a good search engine. Yeah, I think what, once you understand it in that way, it, it, it makes sense. And meanwhile, over at The Fin, uh, John Davidson has experimented with dumping Google before it dumps him. Uh, that's his words. Uh, he's moved to DuckDuckGo and he appreciates the lack of tracking that he's, he's found on that service and ended the article by saying, I've not missed Google search one bit, writes John. And he reminds them to pay their taxes as they leave the country. Yeah, the thing that I thought was interesting in that article was that uh, he said that he hadn't missed the personalized search results. And that's interesting because basically personalization is considered to be the holy grail for marketers. Basically, consumers think it's creepy. And if you're looking for, you know, just straightforward information, you don't necessarily want every single thing you've done on the internet to or all your little preferences to uh, affect what you get necessarily. Yeah, I think I'm going to do DuckDuckGo on all of my devices next week. Um, I've used it in the past. I remember when it first, it was first kicked around a, a decade ago, there there was a little bit of a push to to try it. You know, I, again, I like John, I don't think that Google will eventually leave the country. 
but it's a it's an interesting experiment and one I want to give a go. And moving on, Wired has taken a look at some of eight Amazon's greatest hits uh, of the Bezos era. And what did you make of this as a hardware person, Peter? Yeah, it was it was a really fun one to look at. There were quite a few duds in Amazon's history. Um, it was great to see the old chunky Kindle again because God, that was ugly when it first came out. If you can't remember, it, it was this huge device. Uh, it, it was really angular and it had this awful keyboard that no one wanted to use. But of course, it, it led to the ebook revolution. So, you know, hats off to, to Amazon for that one. There were also a bunch of weird products as well. So the Fire Phone that went nowhere, the Fire TV stick, which is quite good, actually. I've got one of those. It's not too bad. It's it totally trounced by Apple TV and uh, Google's TV as well. And what else was there? Oh, the dash buttons. I love the idea of the dash buttons, but they never came out here in Australia. But the idea behind those was just basically a tiny little button that you would stick places where you use that product the most. So, you know, as an example, you could have a button that was reorder toilet paper that you you could stick beside your toilet. And when whenever you notice you were getting low, hit the button and tomorrow an Amazon truck would drop off toilet paper to you. So, um, yeah, great idea. Never really went anywhere. And I think it is, yes, it is uh, discontinued now, unfortunately. But with all of the weird stuff that Amazon did over the last couple of years, and of course this is just focusing on their tech, their hardware, the, the one that they can really claim ownership of is that that voice assistant in the speaker idea that now Google and Apple both make, but Amazon were definitely first and definitely probably still best actually when it comes to this because they've they've spent a lot of time kind of building in smarts and 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 building in integrations with other you know services like Uber, so you can just ask for an Uber directly from your speaker, things like that, that Google still doesn't really get right and Apple has no chance of getting right. Yeah, this article, I mean, the common theme through the article was how all this hardware made it easier to buy things from Amazon. Mm. But it did remind me of um, how many times as a retail journalist, you could, and you're, whatever you're working on, you could pretty much just like pull an example from Amazon as, you know, the key point of why Amazon is a dis- disruptor. And the, yeah, like the, the dash buttons are the perfect example of that. Um, such an easy example to use in anything you're writing. And, and you know, people were never going to stick hundreds of buttons around their house in order <laughs> to get milk or pet food. But I think it was a, a really interesting marketing play for their suppliers like Tide or Gillette or Kleenex or whoever was selling mm. the toilet paper. And I think it was, yeah, discontinued after four years, I think. And pretty much all those processes of that easy ordering has just been replaced or superseded by Alexa. Totally. And and, and I keep thinking, um, you know, Google really needs to partner with someone like Woolworths in this country. So, so I could use, I don't care which supermarket it is, but if I say something, I would love it to appear on a shopping list app that I could then use either online uh, to just because, you know, Woolworths delivery has actually gotten better. Not that I'm, you know, spruiking Bloody for them. Woolworths, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Coles has gotten better as well because of the goddamn pandemic. Everyone had to rush to improve their online services. And, but, but you know, what, what makes uh, either supermarket better than Amazon as an order flow, uh, workflow, is the fact that, you know, if it is milk, you can just go pick it up on the way home. And, and so, yeah, I think 
if if Google were really smart, they would be well, obviously they are. But if they wanted, if they want to specifically target one use case that I have for them, then yeah, partnering with one of our major supermarkets so that I could always just know that I could either have it home delivered or pick it up on the way home would be amazing. I'm sure they'll take that on board. Maybe you could get on the phone to uh, Sunda Pachai. Let's use her. Mm. Yeah, yeah. When when I listen to uh, Kara Swisher, that's one of the things I get so envious of is that you know she'll she'll mention that she finds something that she doesn't like about Google Docs and she'll call up Sundar Pichai the next day and say fix this, and he does because he's scared of her. That's that's the power I want. Damn it. Anyway, moving on. Is Apple really, 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 really making a car now? Um, so there have been rumors about Apple making a car since 2014. Back then, it was called Project Titan. Uh, and it's been kicking around back and forth for a while. But uh, the rumours in the last couple of weeks have really stepped up, Tess. Yeah, so Kia Motors, uh, or shares in Kia Motors rather, have jumped 14.5% after local media reported that Apple will invest $4 trillion, $4 trillion won, that's $3.6 billion, as part of a collaboration with the Korean car make, South Korean car maker on making electric vehicles. Those rumours have that the two companies were working together had been circulating for a while and Hyundai almost blew their chances of working with Apple by publicly confirming the talks last month. Uh, And then it walked that statement back a few days later. And that's all down to the fiercely private company Apple doesn't like it so much when when its partners talk. Yeah, it shows how few people uh, Apple would kind of trust in this if, uh, you know, there have been many examples in Apple's history where a company has inadvertently blurted out that they're creating, you know, a screen for the iPad and then that deal is immediately killed because Apple really don't like that when when partners go out and talk to the media. Uh, and so I guess this is so far along that they couldn't move away from, from Hyundai at this point. I'm not sure. Who knows? We, we won't really know until, you know, the tell-all book is written a decade from now. But it's really interesting because there's there have been a lot of pieces to this puzzle that we've been seeing over the years. Um, most most recently, apart from the Hyundai accidental press statement, Dan uh, Riccio has been appointed to something. Uh, last week, Apple made an, an announcement that the guy who used to be the head of all hardware at Apple, so iPhone, Mac, everything, uh, was under his control, has moved to to transition to a new role focusing on a new project and reporting directly to the CEO, Tim Cook. And that was the entire details we got of what Mm, what his new project is. Yes, indeed. So uh, it it has to be something big for him to be moving from what is probably the one of the most important uh, C-suite roles uh, in the company to whatever this is. A car feels like it could be that. Yeah. I mean, would you as an Apple fanboy, be rushing out to buy it. I mean, we can't afford it. Whatever Apple mm. makes with wheels is <laughs> going to be out of our price range. Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I would love them to enter the market in the idea that 10 years from now, I might be able to buy one of their cars secondhand. But yeah, it just seems like, you know, back in 2014, when we first heard these rumors, the promise was kind of a Tesla car with all of the the social status and and uh, uh, environment, environmental leanings and everything else that Tesla is great for, 
but without the idiot god king of uh, Elon Musk in charge and and without any of the bugs that Tesla cars are known for. Mm. And also, um, I mean, Dyson had a crack at building a car and it's mm. Dyson's kind of the apple of appliances. And they eventually walked away from the project uh, because it was getting too expensive. So really, you need a cut to be Apple and have deep enough pockets to see mm. a project like this through. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, they're a fairly conservative co- company and this shows that, the, the fact that rumours have circulated and that they always seem to be very well-sourced rumours that, you know, Bob Mansfield was working on a car back in 2014, then that went away. Then 2016, they started looking again. I, I really do think that, yeah, it is. This This is the first time I've really thought that the the rumours have moved from, you know, do you remember when Apple was supposed to be making a TV and then that disappeared? I feel like this is, you know, up until this point, the rumours about Apple making a car felt about as solid as the rumours that they were making a TV. These new announcements over the last couple of weeks have really felt like, no, no, this is, this is definitely a product we will eventually see. And moving on to Facebook. So after failing to stem hate speech and misinformation that fueled a genocide in Myanmar, Facebook now says it plans to take proactive content moderation steps following a military coup that's taken place in the country. This is based on reporting from BuzzFeed, who have seen an internal message from Rafael Frankel, the director of public policy in the Asia-Pacific region, and he told employees that the social network was watching the volatile situation in Myanmar with grave concern and outlined a series of measures to crack down on people who used it to spread misinformation or threaten violence. Yeah, tech companies rarely get a second chance to prevent genocide. So um, good on you, Facebook, for taking it seriously this time. I would just say tread carefully. Uh, I, hope, I hope that they really are taking it as seriously as uh, this, this BuzzFeed story suggests. And that was depressing. So let's move yeah. on uh, to... <laughs> From cars to genocide. We didn't plan that well. Yeah, no, I didn't. Sorry about that. Uh, moving on to highlights of the week to uh, round out the week that was um, just some fun things I found on the internet. And the first is 1001albumgenerator.com. And this is, it just takes a random album from the 1001 albums you need to hear before you die, which is a Rolling Stones uh, Rolling Stone book, sorry. And each day it will present you with an album to listen to. So uh, I love the idea. It uh, it tracks you, tracks your progress and tells you how many lis- listens, uh, how many albums you have left to go. So yeah, really, really fun. Um, I, I think it's awesome. It, it ties in with Spotify. So you have to have a Spotify account, but who doesn't? So yeah, that that is my fun little project to play around with um, for the next couple of weeks. And my highlight of the week is not really a high highlight, but more of like an FYI. For anyone who is a Flickr user, mm. and that's that there is a there's a new online tool that lets you search for your picture, for pictures of you, and it'll let you know if they have been fed into facial recognition databases uh, or been used to train algorithms. So it's created mm. by Exposing AI, and yeah, it, it's basically Flickr, which has been owned by many different companies. Over the years, all its pictures on there are under a Creative Commons license. And so it was pretty much just, you know, general practice for academics or researchers or I think even governments in some cases. You you know, your photos might have ended up training surveillance technology in China. Um, If you would like to know about that, uh, 
we'll put the link in the show notes and, and you can check. I don't think I actually had a Flickr account, so I, I don't, don't know if it works or not for me. Mm. Okay, I'll check it out. I, I, I believe I still have a Flickr account. I uh, haven't used it in about six years, but yeah. yeah something to, sure something else to worry about on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and finally, I've just got uh, a tweet. Someone has created a uh, end credits for any of their Zoom or Teams meetings uh, as, as just a nice way of, of telling the, their co-workers when the meeting is over. Um, and it's it's wonderful. Check it out. Uh, I, I I really want to use this in my uh, interviews from now on. Yeah, it's a it's an excellent way to wrap things up. Well, that's all we have time for for this week of the help desk. Thank you, Tess Bennett. Thank you, Peter. And we will speak to you next week. See ya. Bye.